gentlemen, welcome to episode 112 of the MTB podcast presented and hosted by Worldwide Cyclery. I am Jared. I am Jeff. And I am Liam. In this episode, we discuss the bikes and rides we've been enjoying lately and the usual listener questions ranging from brand loyalty, pre-slash-post-ride routines, amazing riding destinations, shock stroke, and much, much more. The usual stuff where we will try and inform, educate, and entertain you fellow enthusiast mountain bikers, because that's what we do on this podcast. And we also don't play ads uh, from ZipRecruiter, NetSuite. Man, Net- NetSuite? Why am I? I shouldn't have even said their name. Oh, gosh. I've been getting this NetSuite ad on the Wall Street Journal podcast. I just want to punch. <laughs> I would ask you who what it is, but then we'd be giving them airtime. Every, so. every podcast I listen I've heard that to ad so many that times. Like, preloads, it, you know, they say the intro like we just did, and they're like, and then I've been really enjoying my Dometic fridge, and I just go 15 <laughs> seconds <laughs> blah, 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 until I hear the next intro. <laughs> We're not going to sell out and play ads until somebody pays us real bucks. Yeah. I mean, and then eventually yeah. we will sell out like everyone does if they get paid real bucks. <laughs> yeah, big bucks. Pro- probably no one's going to pay us any big bucks. So probably until not. then, mountain bike content only. That's right. Bikes and rides, we've been enjoying. Jared, you first. Oof, man. Been doing a little bit of everything, I guess, lately. Um, Riding my SB140, and I mean, honestly, Yeti it's SB140, my Yeti SB140. 140 mil travel, 29er. Yes. And um, honestly, it's super overgrown and and like not great uh, around here. The trails so. are in rough shape. The nettle, is that what you call it? Yeah, nettle, stinging nettle. It is the worst. Oh, yeah. I've like never seen it in this area like it this. It only pops up when we get a ton of rain, and we got well, a ton of rain. It's horrible. It's, it's yeah. hurts That's, and That yeah. and mustard are all invasive weeds, so yeah. like... Unfortunately, invasive weeds grow faster than a normal chaparral. And yeah. mm, nice terminology drop there, Liam. Gosh, that was wow. nice. Invasive yeah. weeds a, and chaparral. Wow, wow. you've been going to school oh, oh, oh. at the park ranger <laughs> educational courses, or what? Oh man, but, I keep my eyes and ears open when I'm out in the trails. You know? Right, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I've been riding a little bit of everything, like trying to mix it up. Like if I get you know pissed off with the nettle, I'll go ride my. Gravel bike or I'll Your go open up. my open up. Yes, but that's right. Up and upper. J- Jared up. and I it's an up. have been making efforts to trim the trails. Near we have. Yes, you guys have been out there. We yeah. did. Yeah. Trail work. We're going to continue to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tomorrow morning. Yeah. You, know, you want to join us, Jeff? Ooh. Uh, I have to look at my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get back to you. Oh, <laughs> yep. Of course you do. But as, yeah. As I itch this stinging nettle rash Ooh, on my oh, arm. Jeez. Oh, that does look like a good one. I know. That hurts. It might even be gross. poison oak, not stinging nettle. I don't think so because it doesn't really itch. It kind of. Mm. painful stings yeah but yeah, yeah that's over it's grow overgrown out there a lot of creek crossings yeah uh, a lot of overgrowth been around uh, my hardtail a lot the y cycles yeah my y cycles el jefe which i guess is a revel bikes el jefe now that's right yeah. titanium hardtail titanium we rode together we did ride together and gosh wasn't it great it was great it was good <laughs> i have i have one story that happened and i was like oh, i gotta have to tell this story on oh the podcast. yeah tell we're, it we're, we're climbing up the trail climbing out of the canyon and uh there's like a little a little spot where there's sort of a, a fence that you have to meander around and Jared's like, oh, maybe you could ride over this way. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, there's a bunch of barbed wire on the ground right there. And he's always like, oh, yeah, if you did that, you have to risk it for the biscuit. And then there's this like short pause. And then he goes, hey, did I tell you about that brisket sandwich I had the other day? <laughs> his, his brain... He's like, he says the word, food. he says the phrase, risk it for a biscuit, pauses, and then goes, did I tell you about that brisket sandwich I had? Because <laughs> I know you love brisket, number one. I know. Number two, we were talking about brisket together. And also third, that 
in that saying that biscuit is is replaceable with brisket. Like you can either risk it for the biscuit or the brisket. Yeah. Never heard it. Never heard of risk it for the brisket? No. I also at some point was saying, like yelling back at you saying, (laughs) you think I should get a new bike and custom paint it? And you said, did you say something about your taint? <laughs> no, Cust- like, custom paint. I'm like, no, man, my taint is fine. And he was oh. like 100 feet in front of me, like yelling at me, like, what do you think? <laughs> I'm like, dude, what did you say? I can't hear you. You're so far in front of me and yelling you know, this way. You know what What would be a good barbecue name, though? Ooh, it's brisket for the brisket. That is a great name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. All right. So when we start a barbecue uh, better buy that domain yeah, yeah it's probably already taken yeah for sure <laughs> probably some barbecue sauce guy or something like that so you've been mixing it up you've been riding the mountain bike the yeah. full suspension one the yep. hardtail yep. and the gravel bike yeah wow and i just finished assembling the production privy steel bike with the carbon rear triangle oh yeah yeah it actually needs a shifter still. Did you ride it yet? No. All right, so you haven't she's totally a, finished it She's a it big yet. girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited, man. Looks like it's going to be a fun bike. It was fun and just a little too long for me. Yeah. Wasn't the What's the reach on it? 490? 490. Something like that, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. Got a short stem Too on soon. it. High rise bar. Yeah. But Liam, what have you been riding lately? Um, I have also been mixing it up a bit. Uh, well, almost a month ago now, I did... Belgian Waffle Ride Cedar City, or no, sorry, Belgian Waffle Ride San Diego. Mm. So I was putting in some miles on the Grav bike for that. Um, and I enjoyed doing that. I did not cramp, and I finished in eight hours. Jeez. So and how long was that one? 126 miles, 11,000 feet of climbing. Wow. So after that, uh, needless to say, a little burnt out on the gravel bike, but I just rode all the bikes. Um, did a fun e-bike ride the other weekend. Uh Little adventures. You would have liked it, Jeff. An adventurous e-bike ride? Yeah. We did not plan to do it. weird and risky. It was. There are such things. It was. Like adventure rides and battery life, it seems like very concerning. Well, a lot had, of my adventure rides go over time by about eight and a half hours. We <laughs> we had plenty of battery. We weren't, we weren't actually trying to adventure. Uh, we were in Santa Barbara, and Santa Barbara trails got wrecked by all the rains. And mm-hmm. I thought that Romero Canyon was wrecked completely and impassable. And my buddy Jorge was like, no, I'm pretty sure I've seen the locals go up it. Like, so we should try it. And I was like, and it was two against one. I was the one. The two <laughs> wanted to go up Romero. So we, up we went. And, uh, yeah, there was about a 100-foot wide mudslide, probably about 200 feet long. Um, and we had to do, like, a human assembly line chain to get these 50-pound e-bikes across the slide. <laughs> It was super sketchy. and um, <laughs> What bike were you riding? We were, all three of us were on Crestlines. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. And uh, that's a 52-pound e-bike, and I'm 150 pounds. <laughs> so me carrying that bike up and over a lot of these spots was quite difficult for me. That's almost bigger than you. It, yeah, it's a third of my weight. Um, <laughs> I was actually playing because we were riding e-bikes. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go home and do a workout on top of this. Yeah. Did not happen. I got the workout <laughs> in the middle of the ride. <laughs> Um, so that was how it was adventurous. Like the route itself, we know where we're going. Yeah. It was just adventurous because we ended up having to cross like probably 20 mudslides with one of them being insane. Like we should have not, we should have turned around really, Jeez. but you know, again, it was like two against one and we all went. So yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, was, that was it. But yeah, enjoying my SP120 
a lot. It's really fun to ride on everything. Yeti SB120. Yes, Yeti SB120. Not everybody just knows what these words are. Well, they should mean. if they listen to this podcast. They're a bike nerd <laughs> like we are. Not always. <laughs> you could easily uh, confuse it for, uh, you know, Senate Bill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Senate right. Bill 120. <laughs> Senate Bill 120. <laughs> yeah. That's good, Jared. Thank you. That's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I got. I didn't do a nice. bike riding last week because I was south of the border. But uh, I'm back. Put another shrimp on the a bobby. Vacation. A little, little vacay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. How about you, Jeff? I have been riding uh, two bikes. That I've been riding that Banshee Titan mm. V3.2. It's tight, dude. It's so tight. Oh, it's tight. Uh, that bike is awesome. It's 155 mil travel in the back, 170 in the front. It's on that intense suspension, which is unbelievable. Buttery. Buttery. So we're making a, a whole bike check video about that thing, which uh, Lou Dog over here, who's doing all this podcast audio shenanigans right now, him and I were out there riding Suicide Trail, filming that bike, and man, that bike is just so fun. It's really fun. It's sick. Yeah, I can't. I just can't believe how well it rides and how fun it is to ride. So, you know what other bike cool. of theirs looks pretty cool? Is their like you know short travel twenty nine or what is mm-hmm. that the paradox or something like one hundred fifteen like mil travel? Yeah. Would you want to review that? I would. Yeah. Because I, I actually have the other the one coming, the, the prime, prime. I think. Really? Yeah. I would love to ride one of those. Yeah, it looks super fun. Perfect. I have, one, I have a prime coming for review. Awesome. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I mean, I've had a number of banshees over the years. I mean, I was a banshee fan when I was a kid. They've been around for so long. Yeah. And that brand has just always been a core mountain bike brand. They've never, like, talk about not selling out. Like, those guys have never made carbon. They've (laughs) never made, like, they've just never tried to fit in. They're just like, we're just going to make sick mountain bikes the best we can. Yeah. And they're going to be aluminum and well-priced and for riders. They stay true to their roots. They really do. Yeah. It's kind of cool. And honestly, like, their design language has been pretty, like, you know, you can see a banshee from like you know your bikes from in the past. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's clearly a banshee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's and they've they've really just gotten better and better at refining all this little stuff over the years in terms of all the CNC links and everything. It's yeah, cool. I, I love their whole bottom bracket yeah. kind of shock mount hydroformed yeah, section. Do they cool. call it like a cage or shock cage? Or I think something they do like call that. it something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I've been loving that bike. So that's I've been riding that, and then I've also been riding my. Uh, quote unquote gravel bike, which mm. is a salsa cutthroat. I've talked about that a few times. So that thing, salsa makes all types of crazy, wild, unique adventure bikes. And that thing, they call a drop bar mountain bike, which is just, I guess that's what it is. It yeah. was, it was made for the continental divide trail, literally has that printed on the underside of the down tube, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I took that bike, man, must've been three years ago. And we put flat bars on it and a dropper post and still 700 by 45 C tires. And I called it a gravel bike. Some people would call it a rigid mountain bike. Uh, it was awesome. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I've just been riding that a lot because it's just fun. And I can ride more fire roads and wider trails on that that aren't overgrown. Yeah. And then recently we put those new Continental tires on it. What are those tires called? Race they're not, King? They're not new, but new to you. Oh, yeah. New, new to the bike. To but yeah. yeah, the Race King. 2.2 Race King Protection. Mm. Yeah. So so we, I put those on there. So I've been running 700 by 45C Pirelli tires on it. Put on the Contis, which are, it's a cross-country mountain bike tire. Super cross-country. So I now realize, okay, if my tire says 29 and not <laughs> 700, 
I'm going to have to record this ride as a mountain bike ride now. <laughs> yes. So I recorded it as a mountain bike ride on my watch instead of a gravel bike ride. Ooh. And uh, I went out for some reason with unrealistic expectations, assuming that now that I had slightly larger tires that it was going to be like a full suspension mountain bike. <laughs> and, and by like and 700 by 45 or 622 by 45 to 622 by 52. So you went mm-hmm. about seven mil wider. Yeah, it didn't change, yeah. it didn't change that much. Um, but I go out just, just going for it. My usual situation, work too late. By the time I'm on the trail at 645, I have a, barely an hour of daylight. I got to get back before it gets dark and eat some dinner. And so I'm just rushing to try and just crank out 10 miles in an hour. And uh, I go out, I go out, as fast as I can go, first downhill, I'm just bobbling my head everywhere. Like, wow, this really didn't help out very much. Getting all squirrely, uh, almost go over the bars, two wheel drift into two corners back to back, almost sack myself. I'm like, wow, I really got to like, rein it in, bud. <laughs> and then and not, not five minutes later, I bunny hop a big puddle of mud and horse poo water and, and land almost blow my feet off, somehow maintain control. Um, however, my chain fell off because of the, the trauma of the, the, the bunny hop situation. Well, it's like a, it's like a ravine. So there's no way you're landing that smooth, you know, it's yeah. like you're bunny hopping onto another uphill chain falls off, putting my chain back on. I realized my water bottle's gone. So <laughs> I was like, Oh, it must happen right now from this bunny hop nowhere to be found so like i'm just gonna go on with the ride go on with the ride uh get down into sycamore canyon get totally thirsty and i was like i'm just gonna drink the creek water i just drank a whole, whole did you yeah i just drank a whole bunch you of unfiltered creek water savage. i figured it'd be fine and i figured what's the worst that can happen i get food poisoning so i just went for it yeah something so, like that so, already uh, 48 hours. i drank I, I drank a, <laughs> i drank a bunch of creek water on creek water you should like carry a life star or something well, I, it was you it was a 10 mile ride that. from home i wasn't gonna bring yeah. all my adventure gear hey i hear you and uh <laughs> and so then i continue on the ride continue on the ride just, just a hot mess you know, <laughs> it, it was a hot mess i know continue on the ride and uh, oh, by the way, before I drank the creek water, I almost went head on with a bunch of hikers, one of them being like a super good looking girl right in the front, like all crazy. And I was like, oh man, this ride is out of control. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go back the same way, see if I can find my bottle. Find my bottle. 20 feet after finding my bottle, putting it back in my bike, uh, I get a whole bunch of overgrowth sucked into my drivetrain. Chain falls off again. <laughs> oh, no, I, have to turn, I have to like sit there, pick all the weeds out of the thing. Oh, it was, it was a bit of a mess of a ride. You run out of daylight? With all no, these hiccups? No, I barely no? made I made it back at 7.47. Wow. I did, I did 10 miles in an hour and four minutes or an hour Even and with minutes. all of these hiccups. Wow. <laughs> you're a speed demon. <laughs> it was a mess. That's a fast bike. Yeah, imagine but, if you had some suspension and a water bottle and, know. A, you know. Yeah, but then it would have been a, a different type of mountain <laughs> yeah. bike ride. Well, I think, I think I'm going to get Jeff with some inserts. Oh, and have him drop the pressure even lower. I was gonna say, see how low he can yeah, go. Kind of pressure you're running lower. on that bad boy. Well, so those are the new tires. I put twenty five, twenty nine. Oh, so yeah, I don't know. Still, still pretty rough. But it, it's such a fun. It's just a weird bike. It's super fast, super light, yeah, and really efficient and really fun for just random adventurous rides. And I really enjoy that thing. What's um, the max clearance? I think yeah. it's two point three five, maybe two point four. That's probably pretty generous. There's probably a mud clearance for like tour divide status. Like you could probably fit big tire in there. Yeah. With yeah. dry conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's a really cool bike. I, I I think I need to get a new one though. Cause this one is, I've been around for a few years and it's got a, a broken frame. Yeah. I think people have listened to the podcast a while. Well, no, at one point I. Once you refresh their memory. 
At one point, I rode it to the beach as I was changing, uh, taking my clothes off to go for a swim. The bike, I had it sort of propped up on a rock. The wind gust blew it over, and it landed on another rock and just smashed the top tube. Not bad, as if you kind of took a ballpin <laughs> hammer and kind of whacked the top tube. Not so it's, bad. it's Not bad. It's, it's just definitely cracked. Cracked, like, cracked pretty good. But it's good. just on the top tube, and I've been riding it for two and a half years like that. Yeah. Um, I don't advise that. Don't do that. That's really bad advice. Yep. Uh, so especially yeah, just, the way he just, rides it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and especially but it's fine. being in your position. So, <laughs> yeah, I should probably replace it. So, so, anyways, uh, the bike is unofficially, officially for sale. Uh, but I'm going to say that the the bike as it sits, which is really nice, like it's got really high end stuff, Industry Nine ultralight wheels, uh, the E13 XCX cranks, uh, level what, ultimate what brakes, level ultimate brakes, one up bar, one up bar, Industry, Industry Nine stem. stem. Yeah, it's it's a super it's a super nice build. Did you say Industry Nine wheels already? Yeah, Industry Nine wheels. Yep. Yep. Ceram XO drivetrain, um, shifter and derailleur with the E13 cassette. Brand new Continental Racing tires. <laughs> Brand new Continental Racing tires. If anyone's interested in this bike, I will sell it for eighteen hundred dollars. Ooh. But you do have to know that the I'm selling you all of the parts. It just happens to include in the box a broken frame. Yes. That's free. <laughs> it, it happens to have. <laughs> Yeah. Which is the legal way to get around selling a broken frame. <laughs> Could you repair it? Very likely. But uh, it's just going to happen to be accidentally put in the box. So if anyone wants to buy it, please reach out to Podcast at Worldwide Site 3. <laughs> For 1800 bucks, that's a sick deal. Like, yeah. if you actually want that bike, it's yeah. a 56, the those, size. Those by wheels the way. are almost that price new. Yeah, I mean, that's an insane deal. But uh, I, need to, I need to refresh that one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyways, if someone wants that bike, please reach out. Yeah. It's a good deal. Wants that, sorry, wants all of those parts with a free frame included that has a crack on the top tube. Yeah. That's uh, a sick deal. <laughs> if you happen to need a bike full of parts. I, if you happen I, to need a bike I don't, free I was frame, texting, sick deal. I was texting Jeff, I think, when I was in Mexico, and I was like, oh, I kind of want it, though. I don't need it, like, at all. Like, <laughs> I probably would ride it less than any of my other bikes, but it is just such a cool, funky, like, unique bike. It's, it's like, so fun to ride. It's like such a uh, weird mixture yeah, of a bike. I kind of want I it. But if like, it was like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I literally don't have room in my garage yeah. for it. So. If it was like a little bit less expensive, like half the price, it would be the best bike to like ride around town. But like, It would. It's a commuter machine. It, because it has flat bars and a dropper yeah. post, yeah. you can bunny hop up curbs on that thing all day. I mean, oh, it's yeah. fast. Yeah. It's a really fun bike to ride. Yeah. Um, that's why I like it so much because for me, it's I can ride mountain bike trails on it. I can ride the road on it. I can ride gravel bike trails on it. It kind of works for all of them, and it's just a sick, fun, fast bike. Sounds like so a I'm going to literally pitch. build another one. I just want to get all new stuff because, you know, I've had this one for three years, and that's a long time for me. So it's a yeah. very long Got to keep time for my you. stuff fresh. Yeah. So if anyone wants that bike, reach out, and uh, we'll sell it to you. Yeah. All the parts with a broken frame included in the box for free. Exactly. That has clearly no warranty. <laughs> Oh, well, well. Anyways, that's what we've been riding and what we've been doing. Yeah. Shall we jump into listener questions? I think so. All right. First one. First one. Do you think that Shimano will release a direct mounted derailleur system in the near future, i.e., transmission? Ooh. Well, they did have a direct mount system that everybody likes to point out about yeah. whatever 15 20 years ago yeah. <laughs> i don't think it was that long ago maybe it was, it was like no, OG I think it was. group or something like that Jeez. it was like early 2000s i yeah. sometimes forget how old i am and how long i've been riding mountain bikes <laughs> yeah. yeah 2003 20 years. was 20, 20 years, years ago straight i've been Isn't riding mountain bikes yeah yeah 2003 20 years i ago. started riding mountain bikes when i was 13 and i'm 33 now wow 
You're so old. Yeah, I remember when I first started working there, you were like young and. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you old too, kind of. Kind of But yeah, I mean, I actually, if I recall correctly, I'm pretty sure I saw a patent that they filed, even though I don't know how that works because some SRAM obviously has a patent on their transmission, but. Well, there's a lot of weird sure patent is, yeah. shenanigans yeah. that goes on between the big three and Fox, yeah. Shimano, and SRAM. And patents are mainly to like sometimes just have people not go down a road. Like, yeah. like they just file it yeah. and they're never going to do anything with it, but they just block off the road for someone to go down, right? Makes sense. Um, but I mean, I don't know if Shimano, like at this point, uh, SRAM UDH, right? The mountain that right. transmission uses is so accepted in the industry. Bike companies aren't going to then go, oh, yeah, we'll make a UDH dropout and a Shimano dropout. Like, yeah. they're not going to yeah, do that. They're not going to make two no. triangles. So either Shimano has to jump on a UDH train and license it from them, mm-hmm. or, uh, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. I'm, yeah. I'm sure Shimano's trying, but Shimano's like, I used to say they're two to three years behind. I think they're like five to six years behind now because they yeah. still have wires on their shifters yeah, um, yeah it's or fishing reels kind of or yeah. the shifters yeah i'm not yeah. really sure that's brutal um I mean, but you're totally right i mean i think if if shimano can feasibly if they're able to just design a trailer that mounts right to the udh frame yeah then i don't see why they yeah. wouldn't like it's a superior design it works good sram kind of already paved the way for them unless sram did something weird where they only allow people to like if they have a patent that says you can't mount to this unless you license it through us or yeah. it's in violation of our, I have no idea. That's probably some weird legal stuff rolled up in that, that who knows that could really determine Shimano's fate if, or their yeah. ability to even do this or not. But I mean the XD, which is kind of what started this all right. Like them, uh, making a XD standard driver body that they control was kind of the start of this whole, like drivetrain standardization that mm-hmm. SRAM did. They licensed that out, you know, other, uh, cassette companies, will license that mount yeah. and use it from them. So True. like that's an open license. Shimano just doesn't want to use anything SRAM because they're, you know, basically sworn enemies. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That is that is a weird situation. I mean it would make sense, right? Because I think SRAM has now proven with their design that a direct mount derailleur is amazing in a yeah. lot of different ways. Yeah. So it would totally make sense for Shimano to do that if they ever want to compete with the system that SRAM has put together. Yeah. But yeah, they would have to kind of capitulate and say, well, we're going to connect it to a UDH, which is a SRAM design. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. We will see. But that's like hell freezing over. I think what happened before that. I'm just going to continue continue riding SRAM and not worry about it. Use your design. Like, whoa. I can't see them ever doing that. But Mm -hmm. if they do, hey, I mean. TLDR rides SRAM because they innovate. Yeah. 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 That's a good, good company that supports the industry. Yeah. All right, next question. Next question. Clydesdale. As a Clydesdale rider who is more top-heavy than your average rider, is there a need or benefit to looking at bike geometry differently than just use? Would a fat guy fare better on enduro geometry even though I'm mostly trail riding or XC geometry for trail, etc.? Or should I simply look at what is used for and leave it at that? Long-time listener for some color. P.S. Jeff or Liam should get a pet rock or something to give Bean some competition. <laughs> I agree with the last sentiment. Um, Bean is Jared's cat, Bean? for those who don't know. And Liam and I don't have pets. So <laughs> that's where that last part came from. Yes. But the Clydesdale rider, should he be looking at Geo differently? That's that's honestly kind of an interesting question. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And thinking about it, I don't know if it's necessarily geometry, but definitely equipment choice. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it would make sense for if you are heavier to have slightly like slight slacker angles, maybe just to get a little bit more stability. But I'd say it's probably more about equipment choice and spec versus actual like bike geometry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wouldn't worry as much about geometry if proportionally, like w- w- regardless of your weight, I think if you're proportionally normal-ish, then you shouldn't worry about geometry. Yeah. Where I think it is, where some people have had some reasonable questions about geo and stem length and things like that is some people have abnormally short legs given their height or abnormally long legs or abnormally long arms. Like that's when you have to think, oh, okay, maybe I should change things up in terms of bar width or stem length, things like that. But if you're proportion normally, you're just heavier. I agree with you. Like you should probably worry about component choice and less about yeah. geo specifically. Well, sometimes even Weaver here, well, like he loves riding a little bit more cross country stuff and he'll try to get too cross country. But Weaver's, you know, he's a big dude. He's a, Weaver's a big dude. Yeah. I think he's a little over 200. Played football. Um, yeah. He's a big guy. He could tackle some people. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm always like, Weaver, you need to get like one spec up from that, you know, just yeah. go up a little bit. Yeah, like, you're going to break that. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't need a Sid Fork. Get, you know, get the pike at 130. Like it'll, yeah. you're yeah. not going to be any slower, I promise you. Yeah. You know, we're not racing World Cup XC. And uh, you'll yeah. probably have better stability, more fun, more control. Yeah. So faster, little stuff like that, I think, makes much bigger choice. Or, or tires too, right? Like, yeah, you know, don't get paper thin tires. Go up on tire a little bit. Yeah, type of type of stuff. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I think. I mean, I would totally agree. Yeah, just look at what what components you're specking on your bike. Like, you know, beefier brakes, rotors, tires. Yeah, brakes. Are, is, brakes and yeah. tires are the absolute most relevant thing if you're a larger rider. Yeah. yeah. On even for myself, when I was in Santa Cruz last week, uh, after Sea Otter, I re- was riding an e bike up there with a buddy. I don't really know campus trails that well. They're all, I can't remember anything up there. I just dropped into a trail and like it was f- fun and flowy up top and then took a right and it was just like straight down, 100 foot shoot. And I was like, oh, and I like yelled at my buddy, I'm like, stand, heads up, like get steep. That's like the first time I've ever been like, oh, these brakes do not slow me down enough. On yeah. an e-bike, I was on Shimano XTs with 200 mil rotors. And I was like, I could easily go up in rotor or get like a TRP brake. Yeah. 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 So. For sure. Yeah. Big old brakes. Big, big. big brakes. Yeah, that is big an upgrade brakes. a lot of people get that are either heavier or riding yeah. an e-bike for the first time or going fast. As like their riding progresses and they ride a lot faster, they realize they need better brakes. So yeah. that is a weird concern. And I think that's another thing is like, yeah, adding, you know, 50, 100 grams to your brakes and rotors isn't going to make you any slower uphill or anywhere it's only going to help you on the downhill yeah 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 that's well, when you need it with that let's break into an intermission oh did you like that yeah what are those oh. called like a a segue an intermission yeah but i like when you make a joke with like a dad joke <laughs> into a segue what's a that pun? called it's like a pun that's like a pun yeah pun dad joke segue a pun way i liked it pun way i liked it a lot all right, all right. here it is break and now a word from our sponsors Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ricky from Ricky's Tackle Box Supplies and Marriage Counseling. We are a prominent sponsor of the MTB podcast and wanted to let you know that if you're ever looking for any tackle box supplies or marriage counseling, you can find that at Ricky's Tackle Box Supplies and Marriage Counseling.net. Thank you very much. And now, back to the show. Jared, what did, what did you... You have a bunch of coffee in the evening or something? What no, you man. I'm just having a great day. What's up? <laughs> 
Oh, Jeff, All you right. for sure know the answer to this question. I do. What is the best drop post option for a weight weenie such as yourself? So, uh, the one that I have in my Revel Ranger is the KS LEVCI or something. Wow, I don't know. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's Left the lightest CI. dropper post for 150 mil travel. Incorrect. <laughs> well, not as of just recently, right? That's yes. why I was looking at you because yeah. the Fox Transfer SL. The- Fox okay. Transfer SL is lighter. Mean? However, yeah, yeah, yeah. You asterisk, didn't, asterisk. You didn't want to switch because it only is only two position, maxed out or max drop. Yeah. And you it's like the little infinite. in between infinites. No, sometimes it's useful. No, I I totally agree. But it is not the lightest one anymore. Hmm. Yeah. It is the transfer well, SL it's, it's is the lightest lighter. infinite position adjustment dropper post. That is the correct statement. Yeah. Hmm. I was gonna say, didn't we find that like one super, super obscure European brand that had a lighter dropper post? Now you have to get. There's it. always a super obscure <laughs> European brand that has something better than everything else. Like it'll, that, that'll never end. Yeah, um, we need to but, get intent to make a dropper post for you. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're working on one, but I can't wait. But you know, Intend is not an ultra weight weenie company. Right, they're an ultra performance, true, like, beautiful yeah, manufacturing yeah. company. I wouldn't say they're ultra weight weenie, but yeah, I mean KSLEV carbon is super expensive yeah um it's what a lot of people would consider unreasonably priced um cost prohibitive cost prohibitive but that's that's the one i have on my revel ranger because it looks good and it's the lightest one that has infinite position adjustment mm. i have the transfer sl in 150 drop on my sp120 yeti sp120 not senate bill 120 you never have that problem where when you go to put it down if you're kind of trying to do it really fast you don't you don't get seven eighths the way down and then accidentally it doesn't stay there because it doesn't. I have not yet. Okay. Yeah. That's so my only worry. Cause I, I don't ever ride it in either. I only ride it all the way up or all the way down, but yeah. it's just in that scenario where it's like, Oh shoot, downhill's coming and you're really fast. You try to like squat the thing down. And if you don't the, go all the way to the yeah. bottom, then it might, will just go right back up. The on thing you. That's th- not a good scenario. Yeah. The thing I think that helps it not do that is as soon as you like break that top top out zone mm-hmm. it's the easiest post to put down in the world it's like it almost yeah, feels because broken. It's spring actually yeah right? it's full yeah, spring there's no it. resistance to push it down with your yeah, butt. It's, yeah it's bizarre like how easy it is once you kind of get past that top uh little top out spot yeah so i think it just goes down so fast that you don't have that problem but i haven't had it yet also can't you just like hit the lever and and like and push it a little bit and then like let go and still push it down yes so you can go like that, and you don't have to hold it the whole time, and like yeah. just in case you might you still hold, hold it, the lever. and then it would no. come back up with you. You don't have to hold; it. you can just go like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then it'll once, stay down. Once it's past its top, it's to basically two like you know locking points, which is max top out or max drop. You can just move it up and down until it hits one of those points and it locks back in. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, there you go. Yeah. That's interesting. Hey, I just wanted to make a quick note for the people who are watching the MTB podcast on YouTube channel. Uh, today I made a whiskey drink with Breckenridge Distillery whiskey with some spiced mango slices. Yeah. And apparently the whole first half of the podcast, I had some mango smeared on, like mango spice smeared on my face. And neither of these yahoos <laughs> bothered to tell it, me it until we took the intermission. It wasn't up here. It's just like a little on your lip in your uh, scruff. I'm barely right there. They can't see that far away. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say for those of you listening, if you ever see, you know, someone you're around that you have any remote respect for, you should tell them if they've got something on the face. (laughs) Harsh. (laughs) The first thing you said is 
you don't let your friends look stupid. I said, no, that's exactly what you do <laughs> is you let your friends look stupid. <laughs> Unless and, it's detrimental to you. And we're too cheap to have a 4K camera, so they can't see that detail. Oh, I think Louie's been filming this in 4K, haven't you? Yeah, he oh, has. I noticed that the other day. All right. So you can, you, if you're curious, go to the MTB Podcast YouTube channel, yeah. and uh, you can maybe see some spiced mango seasoning all over my face God. for the whole first half of the video. Would do anything for that. By the way, also before I, uh, before we get off this topic, this yeah. this whiskey with the spiced mango, I can't even taste it at all. And then you told me. You shouldn't use dried fruits in I've, your cocktails. I've been making this mistake for months. I told you the last time you did this. Oh, I do have selective hearing, so I'm not going to disagree. <laughs> All right, we'll get some fresh fruit for the cocktails. Yes. Some orange peels, mango if you like. Hey, this is a good question. Yeah, it is. What are you most proud of this month? Could be anything. A PR, PR, deal, cat Instagram. Yeah. What do you got, Great Jared? question. My um, pet rock has been crushing it. <laughs> um, you should uh, start an Instagram for your pet rock. Actually... Plan. If anyone has a name for my pet rock, put it in the comments because I will name it after that. Chris. No, not you. <laughs> yeah. The people listening, the fans. Oh, I just thought it'd be cool. It'd be like Chris Rock. That would be pretty funny, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dwayne. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, are you, what are you proud Dwayne, of? Yeah. What am I proud so of? Listener question. Honestly, I'm pretty proud that I uh, got out there with Liam, did some trail work the other day. I'm yeah. pretty stoked on that. I want to oh. continue doing that. And like, it feels really good to give back in that way. It's one thing I've been wanting to do more is like, you know, give my time to something else other than myself because I'm selfishly pretty selfish with it. Mm-hmm. So I would like to do more things like that. Yeah. You know, uh, a sad time of my memory on this topic was at one point you said, hey, we should, it was at a company meeting. You said, hey, we should, we should do more to, to help local trail networks and stuff. I said, I'm all for it, man. Let's, let's do it. Like you spearhead it and you'd, you'd reached out to Costco. Yeah. Can I have open space conservancy? Yeah, Conservancy agency or something. Costco and Costco. Yeah, I think I reached out to both of the organizations. You literally reached out to multiple, tried to bang on their door to tell them we would happily give them money or labor or support, and they just brushed ghosted me. Just ghosted. And you were so you were not happy about it, dude. I'm like, I mean, to give you that is crazy to to reach out to an organization like that and to be treated that way when you're literally offering to give them money is yeah. I'm like, dude, we have not only uh like a dozen able-bodied you know people yeah. willing to help but like also like please <laughs> and now like we're just to... taking matters into our own hands and just yeah. going out by ourselves and buying tools and doing yeah. it yeah on our own time so good old-fashioned way like yeah literally offered to adopt a trail but you know i guess that's just not good enough yeah but yeah that's what i'm proud of pretty stoked we did that what about you jeff uh, I am proud of so a couple things the uh, the miles for Nike program, which is something we implemented into Worldwide Cyclery a few years ago. So the way this works is basically everyone on the crew uh, is in a private Strava group, and they this is how it works out. So Nike, the National Interscholastic Cycling Association, which is the nonprofit organization making mountain biking in a, a real sport in middle schools and high schools all around the country. So our staff, if they ride 1 to 100 miles, $1 directly per mile goes to NICA. 101 to 999, 50 cents goes to NICA. And then 25 cents per mile over 1,000 miles. And that has been a really cool way for the staff to very clearly and be able to donate to NICA. And uh, just in quarter one this year, we donated $3,500. And last year we did uh, almost twenty two thousand. So hmm. 
I'm pretty stoked about that. Pretty sick. So I like that. I, I've always tried to find ways to have businesses operate with purpose. Speaking of which, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to answer this question twice. Oh. Number two. So Trail One, the uh, mountain bike component brand that we co-founded, um, that brand kind of had really two purposes. Number one was we wanted to build a brand that gives back to the sport of mountain biking. And number two, we really wanted to take everyone on the crew and implement sort of all the stuff we've ever always wanted and just have really good components that kind of fit the specs and needs that we designed and worked with an engineer to make that possible. But Every Trail One component sold. One dollar goes back to Trail Networks, and we are now what five thousand dollars, right? Just for the grips. Just for the so, Hell's Gate grips. So, so the Hell's five thousand dollars. Yeah. Hell's Gate grips are named after the Hell's Gate National Park in Kenya, and uh, that is an amazing trail network out there that we've donated a grip of money to. Like oh, that? a grip of money oh, to. Yes, he's done it. Uh, but yeah, so Trail oh. One, Trail One's like it's cool because we're it's young, it's it's not even two years old yet, but it's now several thousand dollars deep into donations for trail networks in various places around uh, the country and the world, and it's just coming to life, coming to fruition, and we're seeing like really visceral results of people building trails and fixing trails because of our donations, and that's rad. On top of the fact that we're all riding really good stuff and yeah. grips that we literally all put input into, and a stem collection that we all put input into, and yeah, it's cool. Stoked. So those are my, those are my, I'm a double answer. Yeah. Double answer. What do you got, Willie? Well, that was part of mine slightly. Um, yeah, it was just cool to like, you know, see that we hit 5,000 on that. And like in total, I think we're about at $10,000 in donations. Nice. Um, which is cool, you know. Yeah, all just, the various trail networks. Yeah, all the trail well, networks also and treasuries. went to the, the Sage Trail Alliance whole dig day that we, yeah. trail one supported. Yeah, so we sponsored a dig day. And in addition, that made a, an additional donation to Sage Trail Alliance in Santa Barbara, um, which got hammered from the rain. So they need a lot of work. Uh, but yeah, it was cool to sponsor that and do that. Um, in addition, just like stuff that I've <clears throat> I've worked hard on, like all the Trail One stuff, and just to start see it starting to pick up traction is really it's really cool. Yeah, see that happening. Yeah, I yeah. agree. No, and then I'm stoked. My personal one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of didn't have the best training leading up to BWR. Um, definitely, like, had half the volume I did last year. So I went at, went at it with a different approach and just try to, like, eat as much as I possibly could and, like, ride within my limit the whole day. Um, and by doing that, I felt pretty strong and solid and, like, didn't cramp, which was basically the goal, and finished good. So, yeah, stoked on that. Nice. For context, Belgian waffle ride. Belgian B- waffle B- ride. BWR. BWR. You mentioned it earlier. Super roadie stuff. Big dog. I mean, it's not really roadie. Yeah. <laughs> it's gravel, super gravel stuff. Gravel. Yeah. In the middle yeah. of it. The, they call it an unroad race. Oh. An unroad race. Yeah. What is, so you said it was 126 miles? Yeah. Of that, how much was dirt versus? Uh, they road? said 40%. Um, distance wise is 40%, but I don't think anyone realizes that like, your speed is almost half of that on the road. Right. So I think time-wise, it's more like 60 or 65% in the dirt. Yeah. So, That's cool. Yeah. Checks Which out. Which is why they call it a gravel ride. Exactly. <laughs> gravel race, not yeah. a road one. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I might build up a real gravel bike with drop bars one day. Oh. But I currently haven't found the courage to ride drop bars. The courage? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's more of the desire. <laughs> yeah, I just desire. don't want to ride drop bars. Yeah. Oh. It's all right. We know you're scared. We're excited yeah. for the day that comes. 
I'm sure you're gonna look great in lycra. I'm gonna do it just for Louis because Louis is gonna build up do you, the gravel. Do you know we just uh, ordered some custom yeah. worldwide lycra jerseys? We did from Volet. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Aiden spearheaded the whole yeah, movement. Aiden did it, and I just said, "Yeah, cool. no way." They're sick. Yeah. You're, like, you're looking at me. We're gonna have to talk about of, this. We're gonna have to talk about this one off air. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're sick. I mean, would you rather have us rep like I don't know? Gore. I <laughs> 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 just said that because uh, you always wear them. We all said gore it. stuff. It's because it's good stuff and it's super cheap. Gore is good XC yeah. Lycra stuff. Yeah. All right. We got to move on. Move whatever. on from Lycra. Move on from Lycra. Can you please elaborate on stroke length? Is longer always better? Hmm. Okay. For a little context. Ask your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> for a little context, mountain bike rear shocks have an eye to eye length and a stroke length. Yes. Eye to eye length is where those two bolts are. And then the stroke length is the actual distance of the stroke on the shock. Um, and it's very important to get these specifications correct when you're changing the rear shock on your yeah. mountain bike. Um, we have a video all about this on YouTube in our and article, of course. Most of the time, almost most of the time, definitely all the time, most of the time, you cannot change that eye to eye on your bike. Yeah. Right. That's um, 99% of the time impossible. Yeah. You got to stick with the same one. You can sometimes change the stroke, but very like, rarely yeah, yeah definitely yeah. depends on the bike yeah mm-hmm. but with that said is longer always better i mean i imagine with a longer stroke you have more volume in the you know hypothetically more volume well so there's i, I don't know if it's quite <clears throat> volume from what i've kind of understood talking with guys from um cascade and even some of the guys at yeti and even nico that using the full stroke on a kinematic design gives you the most control um, and kind of like, I don't want to say predictability, but like more tunability, more, more tunability, I think, um, by tuning it, by using the full stroke. So super common trail bike size is 210 by 55, mm-hmm. 210 millimeter eye to eye, Correct. 55 millimeter stroke. Correct. By using that full 55 mil stroke, instead of going down to some bikes are 52, five or 50, uh, you have a little bit more control and tunability. That's what I've understood. I'm not a kinematic engineer or a nerd. Makes so. sense. I mean, you know, versus like, yeah, or even just like a, don't they, you can get like a smaller eye to eye with a similar stroke too, right? Or I guess that wouldn't really matter because you can get like a 190 by 45 shock mm-hmm. than a 210 by 50. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's only a five mil difference in stroke for 20 mil difference in eye to eye. Yeah. This, this, topic gets confusing pretty quickly i think i think a interesting way to say it is a lot of so because bikes are the suspension designed totally differently certain bikes might have uh, a different size shock a different length stroke and the same travel right that's just because there's different leverage in the suspension design so that's not a big deal like you're not going to see some huge variance like you're not going to look if you looked at all of the 120 mil travel bikes you're not going to see it's not the strokes aren't going to be all over the place. No. Some might be a little bit longer, a little bit shorter because of the design, but it's not going to be as if one 120 mil travel bike has a crazy long stroke and all the rest don't. Um, so going on this topic though, foes, which a lot of people mm. haven't heard of, which is a long time sort of downhill brand. Do they still make bikes? I'm not sure if they're still in business. I'd have mm. to check their, their little 
Yeah, it was like a USA OG. made OG. Yeah, oh, I mean, they at one point they sick. were really important and cool, and I I don't know, I haven't kept up with it, but so they used to have a two to one bike, and it was all about the ratio of two to one, so they could have the longest stroke because if the longest stroke, they have a way bigger shock. The bigger shock, you have be able to have more oil, more tunability, etc. But that's at the sacrifice of weight. Yeah. So it's but on a downhill bike, that doesn't matter as much because it's downhill bike. So I don't know. I, I think the answer is. Uh, you know, longer travel bikes are going to have bigger rear shocks with more stroke and shorter travel bikes are going to have shorter shocks with shorter stroke. And that's just the way it is. And don't get too in the weeds about anything yeah. else. Yeah. Stroke, stroke, like longer is not always better. It just usually means more travel. Yeah. So. And even, even Yeti now bumped all their bikes to full stroke for the eye to eye. And I was like, oh, is there any way like lunch ride these and make longer rear travels? And they're like, no, it's full stroke. Uh, you know, our designers thought it was better. And that was the answer I got. So, hmm. yeah. So, who knows? There you go. Sounds yeah. like it's better. Don't stress about it. Yeah. yeah it's I not mean, like you can, it's also, like you can change it. I mean, like the, the yeah. engineers designed the bike, right? So, like, yeah. there's no point in, like, being like, oh, well, that doesn't use a full stroke. So, it's bad. It's like, no, they designed it around that stroke for a reason. Like, yeah. it's hard to make a bad bike these days. Yeah, well, these days bikes are so good. Like if you look at any good mountain bike brand, the bike is just good and yeah. optimized and designed well, and you're not going to find a way to hack it to make it something better. Rewind 15, 20 years, you could find a way to hack bikes and make totally. them better and be like, oh, I'll put these ovalized shock pushings to make the head angle slacker, yep. and I'll, I'll find the shock that has a two millimeters longer stroke, so I'll get a little bit more travel, and like you could hack bikes almost to make them work better but yeah, yeah those days are kind of over and so. the most hack you're going to do now is a cascade components link for said specific bike but yeah and riding style and yeah. riding style but yeah. that's that's not for every bike so. but if you're going to upgrade your shock it is confusing feel free to reach out to us we handle those questions all day every day and also have an extensive youtube video and article on that topic all day or day? and it and it does matter because you can royally mess up yeah, upgrading your rear definitely. shock if you buy the wrong size for sure so all right read off the next question there jrad all right as we get older and our bodies don't quite rebound like when we were 17 what kinds of activities prep recovery do you guys use to take care of your bodies after years of abuse uh extreme slash action sports mtv moto snowboarding etc pre and post ride um i personally like to just stretch a ton and use foam rollers chirp wheel um and a cold plunge if i can i don't really like have you know accessibility to that frequently so i don't do that all the time but yeah what about you guys mm, i mean i would say stretching and rolling out is a way more common thing that i do these days that i didn't do nearly as much <laughs> or need to do when i was in my teens and early 20s you feel it when you don't do it now yeah definitely but i'm i also try to just be really and having a garmin watch and tracking all my activities is really helpful i try to just be cognizant of what i'm doing and making sure i'm recovering accordingly um, and not doing too many crazy exercise days in back to back without a rest day making sure i'm not just botching my sleep for one reason or another and then also assuming i can exercise at a certain level like i don't know just being more cognizant of all of that yeah um and sleep sleep and stretch and roll and making sure you're not just overusing yourself is is important so i'm yeah. just paying attention to that is, is useful uh, that's that's my tip yeah liam yeah pretty much same thing i mean i foam roll and i stretch 10 minutes before bed every single night and then rest days I usually will do like a th nice 30 minute one um, one thing for me that's helped a lot make me feel better in the long term is like uh, maintenance strength training so 
Yeah, mixing that in is a huge difference, yeah. yeah. Um, I feel like once I did that, I was having like some tight back issues and hip flexor issues. And once I kind of did that and was stretching consistently and doing both consistently, like all of my, you know, little issues went away. So Nice. Yeah. 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 No, those, those are good tips. I don't know. A lo- a, I think a lot of it boils down to being aware of what you're doing and just paying attention yeah. to exactly that doing some strength training you oh. feel like you need to stretching yeah and and eating healthy food and trying to sleep as much as i can yeah totally yeah, yeah. checks out mm-hmm. well should we go on the next one this is a big this is a doozy this, this is, is a, big is a one. long one. are you gonna have to synopsize this one Oof. <laughs> you, want, you want me to synopsize it all Try right it. well um i mean basically um, I don't know. Should I just read? Uh, I got it. Well, the I question it, is, are you guys brand loyal? Yes. And then he uh, <clears throat> goes on to... So essentially, this rider has a Niner bike with SRAM drivetrain, or sorry, Shimano drivetrain and Fox suspension. Uh, he just got a different bike or just put SRAM onto this bike, and he's really liking it. Now, his dilemma is all of his other bikes are Shimano and Fox, and it's hurting him to kind of go with SRAM on the Fox bike uh, without having a RockShox for it to match. So kind of what he's saying is SRAM and RockShox are the same company, and then bikes are usually specced with Shimano and Fox because they're you know kind of on the other side of that. Um, he's asking, is he weird, neurotic uh, for doing this and a weirdo <laughs> and feeling this way, or should he just suck it up because he's not a sponsored rider and ride stuff? Do we have hangups like this? Are we brand loyal across bikes, group set suspension, and et cetera? I mean, it's a great question. Absolutely understand the, oh, the yeah. neurotic tendencies. You're not I've, neurotic, man. You are just a mountain bike nerd, and you fit in over here anytime you <laughs> out with us. You're we one got, of us. We talk about this stuff all um, the time. Man, I mean, that's tough. I mean, I personally love SRAM drivetrain and Fox suspension, so like, in that regard, I guess I am brand loyal, but I'm not going to be like, I need to have rock shocks on my SRAM bike, you know? Yeah. I'm extremely brand loyal with SRAM drivetrains. Same. Uh, the only non-SRAM drivetrain I've had in the last eight years uh, is the one on my downhill bike because it was cheap as hell to buy <laughs> non-SRAM and it was in stock at the time. <laughs> um, and it's a downhill bike, so yeah. I don't care that much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, SRAM drivetrains on all my bikes. Uh, yeah, I go back and forth between Fox and RockShox. I'm not like one or the other. Usually whatever bike comes with, I just kind of stick with that just because it's, they're both so good. Like, yeah. You know, so. I, I realize as we're talking about this, I would have to almost write down my my situation because I I I am loyal in the sense that I just wouldn't ever want to run a non-brand matching fork and shock. Yeah, that's more important than well, having yeah. SRAM drivetrain Fox. Yeah, suspension I have no problem with rear. the SRAM drivetrain Fox suspension. Like you're just going best of both worlds there totally. in some in some extent. Um, but yeah, I just wouldn't want to run a non-matching fork and rear shock the same way i wouldn't want to run like a shimano crank and a sram drivetrain that just doesn't make sense to yeah. me uh I wouldn't, or I even worse max's front tire schwabby rear oh tire. god, god. No, you cannot yeah, mix no. tire, tire brands tire, tire brands do not <laughs> absolutely get do not oh. get 
Unless it's so, like an emergency situation, like you're on a trip. Well, yeah, you, know, that's you need to replace a tire. It doesn't match the brand. That's okay. We'll let well, that emergency slide. Emergency situations are all here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll There's let exceptions. That slide. You know what's even better is I have a boxer up front and a float X2 on the back of my downhill bike. Mm, gosh, yeah. I don't even know if Jeff's going to be able to sleep tonight. Just thinking about that. What about like I, I on the other bike? I already saw it. And what if I they're saw both black? On your, on your production. What if they're both black and not like Kashima this, this and black that? I don't you know. can almost not even. Mm. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Well, my excuse for the downhill bike is the rock shocks does not fit on the rear. Oh, and I right. wanted an air shock. So, hmm. well, so anyways, I mean, do whatever you want. At the end of the day, it literally does not matter. Like if we're talking in the scheme of the universe of things that matter in life, this doesn't. <laughs> Except for <laughs> matching mismatched tires and suspension cut. If you're going to be like, don't feel bad or weird or neurotic about being picky about this because people that are deep in the industry like us that ride bikes all the time and build them like we're all neurotic and worried and thinking about this kind of stuff. So don't don't feel bad about it. But at the same time, realize that like in the scheme of the universe, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah. My, you can uh, keep on emailing us. It's yeah. like a- <laughs> My SB120 has SRAM transmission on it with Fox suspension and dropper post. Yeah. Your SB one forty SRAM drivetrain Fox suspension. Yeah, like every Yeti. I mean, I guess they do. Have, I guess they have other company that they spec for drivetrains on the other. Do they actually spec it still? I don't know. Oh, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know if I they do. What that company is called, anyways. <laughs> well, yeah. Don't feel bad about it, but also don't worry about it. Yeah. And also, don't feel bad about like being like, you know what? Yeah, I wasted my money to get a matching rear shock. Like. So what? Yeah. It's like this part of the fun of this whole sport is that all these bikes are modular and stuff's interchangeable and you can just pick and choose whatever you want. Yeah. Which is cool. I agree. All right. Before we answer the last couple questions, let's take a very brief intermission for a pee break. Oh. Bathroom break? Does that sound more appropriate? Next question. Read it off. I'm eating my spicy mango dipped oh, in whiskey. Oh, delicious. I was listening to episode 111, which had lots of bib talk. I was wondering why a lot of brands are getting rid of the back pockets on their bibs. Sambito and Raceface both did? Is it because of a safety issue or just harder to manufacture? That is a great question. Uh, that's a typo. It's Sombrio. Oh. I think. It's just like a small mountain. Probably. Yeah, I thought okay, I was going to say, I've never heard of Sambito. Some T.O. Yeah. Uh, but seeing that the R is right next to the T, I could see how that could happen. Yeah. So uh, I don't, I mean, I have no idea the internal workings of why those companies did that. But I will say knowing like as, as you know, now that we're, we're deep in the weeds of designing kettle mountain gear and especially the bib, which is the most popular mountain bike specific product that a lot of people really love. It is absolutely expensive to sew in those pockets because it's just it's just manufacturing wise if you think about sewing those and cutting the fabric and putting stitching all together is is quite cumbersome so it adds a lot of cost to the bib albeit it has a lot of value to the bib yeah tons of value huge huge right so if you have a good bib and the way that they're designed on the kettle mountain canyon bib is they sort of flap over your what would you call this your shorts your belt rear waistband area yeah um yeah, the, you can put a bunch of stuff in there, and it's, it's just super convenient. So it is expensive, and it is it is one of those things. I mean, when it comes to apparel, there's there's no pleasing everyone. That's something that we've learned over the last few years of running Kettle is no matter what you do, um, somebody was like, well, I kind of like this, or well, I kind of like that, or well, I kind of would rather have the zipper on this pocket rather than that pocket. Like, So you just have to kind of do your best to hit the majority. And uh, with the bibs, so my long-term idea, so the current Kettle Canyon bib has got three pockets on the back, none of which have zippers on them, but they're all 
Like nothing's ever fallen out of those pockets that nope. I've ever heard of. However, some people would like the security of a zipper. Hmm. But zippers don't stretch. No. So uh, did you ever use the prototype one that we had the zipper on? Yeah. And it didn't stretch. And that was kind of annoying because when you put your hand in there, like you can zip your wallet or your phone in there or your keys, but it doesn't stretch. When you, yeah. So yeah. I was like, weird thing. So, so my long-term view is I think that the current Kettle Canyon bib, which is like a good lightweight sort of long ride bib with three pockets is fantastic. But I think there's room for also offering a ultralight version that doesn't have pockets on the back, but has a couple side pockets, mm. you know, like a, those popular sort of side quad pockets yep. where you can put your phone or a goo or something. Mm -hmm. And then that would be the ultralight version of the bib with less fabric too. And then hot weather, you could say. Mm -hmm. And then there'd also be an, an even further cargo bib. And that cargo bib could have the existing three pockets plus the two side pockets, plus maybe, I don't know, another... A plus is like an additional zipper pocket yeah. for your keys or your phone that you wanted to really keep secure or something. So I think it would make sense to have three, like yeah. a lineup of all three. But anyways, that was a long-winded way of saying, yeah, it is expensive. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, I don't know why. A apparel and mountain bike gear is a hard, challenging topic. And I'm just really glad that a lot of people love the existing kettle bib, which I think people love the way the pockets are designed and they love the chamois. Yeah. So Same. Yeah. yeah. Got like five of them. Yeah, yeah, you love it. No, you fancy. Yeah, you know, and and Jared I think I have four or five as well. Jared is a Jared is a good product tester because if he doesn't like something, like he just won't use it. Like we <laughs> when we got the Trail One Hellsgate grips, he's just like, oh, just, they're just like too big. Like I just like a smaller grip. This is a funny story. Did we talk about this last time? Probably. Like I just we just couldn't get him to use the trail. Like yeah. Jared, come on, you gotta. Like support the trails, I'm, I'm man. Like, I'm like, you're basically this sponsored, is like a Jared. Brand Put we're like co-owned. Like, where, ride these trail one grips. He's like, they're just too thick. <laughs> and then eventually, you were forced into it. This is the best part. So then we literally design, which is coming out in a month or two, the Farlow yep. Gap grips, which is a, a much a thinner profile, like smaller diameter profile grip. And you're like, and now I show you this, and you're like, well, actually, now I've adapted and started to like the thicker Hellscape grips, and I don't want a thinner grip anymore. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much said it. <laughs> but either way, at least like it's just funny. You're yeah. just you're just good as much as you know. Yeah, you're just gonna use what you like, which is good. That's true. So that's why I'm like, oh, he likes the bib, <laughs> and he actually likes it because if he didn't, I know he wouldn't wear it. Oh yeah, I wear it basically every ride. Doesn't even matter if it's like a four mile ride or a forty mile ride. Like yeah, mm -hmm. I want to wear it. We are gonna make uh, basically take because the chamois is a huge part of why people love that, and the little gripper things on the bottom mm -hmm. on well, the leg opening. Mm -hmm. so we're just gonna make the shorts. So no bib, mm. but just just the liner shorts. Mm -hmm. I actually like those for shorter rides when I don't need the pockets yeah. and stuff. A lot of people like those. Um, I've never so, worn those in my life. Just yeah, see, some people shorts? say that. Oh, really? Some people are just it's not bibs. Bib those are regular only. liner shorts. Oh, got it. Bib mm -hmm. means it's got the wrestler's yeah. straps. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But I mean, some people like them. I actually like them too. So Because if I'm using a hydration pack, that's when I want the that, shorts. That's the only time where I'm like, oh, wait, if I'm running a hydration pack, and it's full one, but... Then again, I always kind of run the mini one anyways, you know. Yep. Again, can never please everyone. With I just like the support nope. with the bib because you don't have to, like, pull it up. I feel like if I'm wearing the liner shorts, like, you got to pull them up. Like, they fall down. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Nope. Maybe you don't have the right size or good enough <laughs> well, it's like, grippers on them. Well, it's, like, just like everything, you know. It's, like, I don't know. It doesn't Like, the bib, that's one thing I love. It's just, like, it stays there with the straps, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe um, I'm sure there's some listeners out there who also have 
I'm sure. But also people like security, even if things don't happen in real life, but they happen in their head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of like zipper pockets. Well, right? yeah. Like Jorge, Jorge was like, oh, I, I kind of want the canyon bit with the zipper pocket. I was like, who like was telling us? Yeah. And we're like, why have you lost the phone? No, but like it, it could happen. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you haven't yet. Like, that's, yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. zip my zipper pocket up all the time because I don't want my phone to fall out. Has it ever fallen out? No. There you go. <laughs> in other in other pants or unzip? No, but I just makes makes me feel better. Yeah. <laughs> it's like having a lock on your front door at home. And no one's going to come in your house. Hey. And if they want to, they just break the window right next to the door. But it makes you feel better, doesn't <laughs> you, it, to lock that door? Are you on next door? Have you seen the people that go up to the houses at night? <laughs> just kidding. All right. Next question. Hey, guys. I think about 10 podcasts ago, you were talking about a cycling location you came from, which combined nice trails with great views. Where was this? Can you maybe do a podcast about best places for MTV getaway? I normally travel to South Africa to do my mountain biking and everything I hear about the most popular places to ride in the USA, like Moab, just confirms to me that I should continue to go to South Africa. <laughs> Honestly, that took a turn I did not expect. But where I can combine epic trails, literally, with wine tasting, great food, without having to rough it out in a tent or a basic lodge to enjoy some MTB action. But I must be missing good stuff in the USA. Please help me and people like me find it. Thank you. Well, Jeff, you had a very great answer to this question that was brief earlier. I didn't read the full question. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> my, my, I read the first part of the question and I just said, Breckenridge, Colorado, next question. Because <laughs> <laughs> Breckenridge, Colorado, we spent uh, two weeks there last summer and it was just so fun. The yeah. trails were so well built. There's a little small bike park area with dirt jumps that are really cool. There's all these amazing cross-country trails. There's all these amazing hand-built trails that have small jumps on them and little ladder bridges and the town is awesome there's a nightlife scene there's good restaurants there's a distillery yep and it was so, we had the time of our lives yep brewery um, and in uh what is it called? aside from Dillon? it being at nine thousand feet elevation which just takes a few days to get used to <laughs> yeah. um but it was awesome but i didn't realize this guy's like well i've been to south africa and that's okay. where i go <laughs> Well, it also... I don't know, man. I kinda, I I've never been to South Africa. I, I just... kind of took this as maybe he's not even from U.S. or South Africa. Oh, no. Yeah. I think he's from Europe or something yeah. like that. But... Yeah. Because if you're from California, it's not very fun to get on a plane for two and a half days to go to South Africa. Yeah. I mean, it's it takes a bit forever gnarly. to get to Africa. Yeah. So. I thought it was just funny how I started reading that first part initially about Moab and I was like, oh, it's going to confirm that he needs to go to Moab. And it's like, no, I should keep going to South Africa. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but um, Moab, yeah. I was a little disappointed in Moab. The rock formations were amazing, but like the town itself was yeah. nothing that cool. Well, it's like, like, wasn't you know, nothing let's, on Breckenridge. Let's also yeah. say we did go there peak COVID. Yeah, it was a mess. So yeah. let's give a little bit of a, that's true, yeah. of a, you know, Take some slack. Salt. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, Breckenridge was awesome. Yeah. Definitely. Hmm. And Sun Valley was also pretty cool. I mean. Sun Valley. It, Sun Valley is cool. This guy sounds a little bougie. <laughs> so maybe he would like Sun <laughs> he Valley. Like Sun yeah. Valley. Sun Valley is bougie. You yeah. Can, well, I would also say most of the Chasing Epic trips try to go to places pretty much just like that. Where yeah. Like, yeah. You get epic riding. You get cool um, like kind of restaurants and stuff. And like whether you do a Chasing Epic trip or not, like. The, the kind of cities that they go to or the towns yeah. are kind of like mm. that for that reason. So, yeah, yeah. Chasing Epic has been amazing. We've done at least one or two trips with those guys uh, for the past several years and they've been super yeah. fun, really good destinations. But I mean, yeah. then again, you know, 
if you're on the budget, Breckenridge, I guess Bre- Breckenridge is not like cheap by any means, but it's in the it's middle. Not, it's not like going yeah. to South Africa or, or Aspen. Or, yeah, yeah, it's Aspen less money than Aspen. It's less money than Whistler. It's yeah. less money than a lot of places. Yep. Um, you know, flying to Denver and cruise on up. And yeah, it's, it's really cool. I don't know. I'll, I'm just become a big fan of Breckenridge. Whistler, I also think is amazing, albeit it's super expensive to ride the bike park. Yeah. Um, well, I, I actually think Whistler bike park cost of like getting your ticket, it costs less than my, our local Big Bear park. Like per day. Yeah. A three day pass was like, how about that lodging and that food? Well, uh, yeah. (laughs) You said to ride the bike park. I didn't say how to get there. Probably pretty comparable these days. (laughs) Like, I mean, at least the lodging, I mean, you can't really, I mean, I don't know, lodging in any ski destination, you're going to get you know kind of screwed but yeah it's a little expensive unless you split um, it with a bunch of one bunch of bros honestly probably a bunch of places in the pacific northwest are pretty sick like bellingham is probably pretty sick to go ride and i don't know about any wineries but definitely a couple breweries you can go to Truckee, california which is just across the border from nevada and the sierra nevada mountains is awesome and you're pretty close to napa and all the iconic wineries yeah and and there's great mountain biking in Truckee and lake activities in lake Lake, tahoe lake tahoe and yeah that's another good area but I don't know. This is this is so tough because it depends on what you want to ride and your your budget at the end of the day makes a big difference. But for sure. Anyways, we're friends at Breckenridge. That's definitely a fun place to go if you want really good trails. Yeah. Um, but then again, I don't know. Maybe we got to go to South Africa. I would we, not mind that. Yeah. <laughs> we are, we are going the, to the Cape Epic with me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It looks a little crazy XC. We'll see. <laughs> Ask me after I get a gravel bike. Try these new tires out for a little longer. <laughs> Awesome. Sweet. Well, we have got some notes from previous episodes. A couple of people emailed in with some information. Um, this great listener let us know what SID stands for. It is an acronym for Superlight Integrated Design. Uh, admittedly, yeah, it is kind of dumb. <laughs> Source. Well, he said that. <laughs> yeah. <dumb. laughs> Source. I'm old and I remember reading about it when it came out in Mountain Bike or mountain bike action magazine. Those were kind of like a printout of pink bike, but the comment section was limited to a few letters from several months ago and thus not nearly as amusing. Uh, that is awesome. And what is integrated about the SID? The SID, the SID's, I don't know. We should get a rock well, truck engineer on here to yeah. talk about this. That's been there for ages. Yeah. Maybe if there is one. Maybe still. back in the day, like something wasn't integrated. Now it was That's true. inside the fort. I think some of the OG SIDs had carbon steer tubes. And they definitely did. a carbon yeah. steer tube into the carbon crown. It did, yeah. So maybe that's where that but came from. That wasn't from? like super OG. That was like SID, the blue SID, like super early. Five, that's... Yeah, but when that carbon steer and carbon integrated crown was probably like 2010-ish to like 2014, 2015... They had like two or three versions of that. Don't they still have a carbon steer like up until a few mm-hmm. years ago? Yeah, yeah. 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 But no crown. Ago. It was like the same crown just with the carbon steer or whatever. Maybe, yeah. I had one of those. Sweet. Well, there you go. That's super light integrated design. Acid. Also, um, this listener, uh, this is regarding the Amish mountain bikers. Hey guys, your episode today reminded me to respond to your question from a few episodes ago here in Southwest Missouri. There's a group of Amish mountain bikers and they are serious shredders. Nothing like seeing a 10 year old Amish kid in denim overalls <laughs> completely sail through a line that defeats most people. <laughs> they are regular at, regulars at Howler bike park just outside of Branson. And they have some really nice bikes, but typically still sport the farm outfit with boots or tennis shoes and overalls. 
<laughs> if you make it to the area, it's worth checking out Haller. Like that's, that is so that's sick. Awesome. I love that. And just picturing that is like so awesome. Oh man. It's kind of like Brage. Yeah, right? Yeah. That rocks his jeans totally. and sh- outshreds everyone. It's funny because I've been watching um what you know, Paige has been watching TLC, so we watch this like Amish show. It's like returning Amish, so they like the kids get like a taste of the outside world and then they have to decide if they're like gonna go back to being yeah. Amish or not. And like, I think that used to be on MTV back in the day. Probably, but man, well, they're not still is, making that show, right? She's watching like breaking Amish. Amish. No, I think it is new. It's, yeah. Really? They're still yeah, they're they have like breaking wow. Amish and like uh and what's it called? I forget. Man, it's so much yeah, content going on. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you, if you're do looking you have for that some, on cable, Jared? It is on cable. I have cable. Wow. For sports. Yeah. No. People sports. who people who like sports still sports. still pay for TV subscriptions. Yeah. We can also. I mean, cannot literally cannot watch a Dodger game unless you have yeah, Spectrum Sportsnet. It's like yep. they have a monopoly, which is insane. I know, I know a few people who love the Dodgers, and I've heard. Oh, it's, it's I've heard baseball. It's so silly. They love. They love it. <laughs> Fun fact, Jared has a Dodger tattoo. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully his parents aren't listening to this. I don't think they listen. So <laughs> this far Wait, in. they don't know? No. <laughs> oh my God, you didn't know that? That's the funniest part. <laughs> no, no, no. And that's the end of the show. <laughs> Jared's 30 years old. He has a tattoo his parents don't know about. Oh, geez. And now we're screwed. Yeah. I'm just kidding. You <laughs> are. I'm, I'm going to keep living my life. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Just Liam has one tattoo too. His parents don't know either. <laughs> he has one tattoo. Comes I do only have one tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> if you've made it this far, thank you very much. We genuinely appreciate it. And if you leave the MTB podcast a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, take a little screenshot of it and send it over to Jared at podcast at worldwidecyclery no. no, no podcast. At world, oh, send it to Jared at podcast. No, sorry, <laughs> the way you you're said the that. guy who reads the emails yeah. that the go to podcast it, at worldwide. I thought you were saying like Jared at podcast at worldwide And I'm like, no, that's not a valid email. That address. Fox beer is getting to your head, man. <laughs> Either that or my chili mango. <laughs> I think it's the latter. I think it's probably both of you guys, but I didn't. I didn't understand it either. Screen so. capture the review, yeah. and then hit the little share button. There you go. Email mm. podcast at worldwide Nailed it. And say, this is it. And then Jared will. I will give you a $15 gift card to the WorldWideCyclery.com website. You can buy some grips for half off, more than half off. You can buy some brake pads. You can yeah. buy a fender. You can get a free water bottle. I mean. Gloves. I don't know. 15 bucks off is a. Yeah. You get a lot of. I mean. There's I, a lot of cheap stuff on there that you could. I think they got plenty of incentives. You could buy a Forestal Sirion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can buy a $13,000 e-bike and get $15 off. That's a good deal. I think somebody actually did that, didn't they? They did, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is funny. That's they probably awesome. just a podcast fan, and they're like, that bike's sick. I'm getting it. Yeah. Should, hey, dude, here's That's another cool. $15 gift card. <laughs> Do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> buy another bike. <laughs> Don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> but if you leave us a review, we genuinely appreciate it. Uh, if you have any suggestions for us in terms of guests we should have or uh, various other questions, also email them to us. Or drop a DM on Instagram. Is that all right? Yeah. You don't like that. I'll those, let that fly. I mean, I, that page doesn't get checked. I'll let that fly. <laughs> that, that page doesn't get checked as often as the my DM2B podcast Instagram. As email. So podcast at worldwidecyclery.com. If you're serious about getting your question, yeah. podcast at worldwidecyclery.com yeah. via email. We're still in the email days. Maybe that makes us old, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Plus one for Bean mentions Bean the cat. 
No plus oh, ones for and an, and a name for my rock pet. Yes. To rival Beanie name, Cat. If yeah. you have a name for Liam's pet rock, that's uh, not Dwayne or Chris. <laughs> We'd love to hear it. Uh, that's it. That's all. If you have mountain bike friends that you think would enjoy our content, please share this podcast and or any of our content with them because that's also super helpful to us and cool of you to do. So thank you. See you guys next time. Love you.